On today's Keto Culture podcast, we are very excited to welcome as our guest, Ed Wise. Ed is the CEO of a exciting new energy company called Positive Energy. And you'll see he's got plenty of positive energy. So without further ado, let's get to the podcast. Welcome to the Key to Culture podcast, a show that explores the sometimes unseen forces that animate, connect, and unleash thriving companies and teams. You're listening to the Key to Culture podcast, exploring vital energy and life force at work with Tom Kelly. Welcome to Key to Culture. We are talking to Ed Wise, the CEO of Positive Energy, an exciting new energy company. Ed, how did Romeo Energy become Positive Energy? Yeah, I'm now the new, I'm now, um, so we, we spun out a new company called Positive Energy, and we're really excited about uh, formally rolling this out. We're um, we kind of soft launched uh, as of today. I'll be the CEO of Positive Energy, mm-hmm. and um we're, believe it or not, we're, we're, we're hoping for a July 4th, 2019 hard launch to align with uh, American Independence Day for a lot of, we hope, the right reasons. But, you know, I think for, for me, I, I believe, and I've been, I've been really lucky throughout my career, it's always been about people. And, you know, um, for me, it's always been learning and, you know, not about uh, why me, but more about, like, what's next. Right. And, you know, having that mentality, that um, resilient mentality, I think has allowed me to learn from a lot of my mistakes and, and hopefully not make them too many more times they're over. And then, you know, take, take those, take that knowledge and, and move that into the current business. And I, you know, I, I, I do believe in, you know, we had the privilege of working together at you know, some point in our careers. And, you know, I, I think it's when you see people that actually care about other people, uh, in an organization and it's about we versus about me. Um, and you're looking to, you're there for the right reasons and you're excited to get out of bed in the morning and all, you know, all these things. I think then, you know, the culture starts to create it's, itself. So if you can bring, you know, I, I say to my team and we, 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 we came up the name positive energy, but it's, I said it as an example yesterday. I said, I walked downstairs and I said, I, you know, good morning. Hello to my doorman. Doesn't seem like it's a big deal. Right. But that doorman is going to interact with probably 400, 500 people throughout the course of the day. Yep. So if that little hello potentially put a little more energy in his day or not, or raise a smile or he's like, wow, people actually are, are respectful or do care about me. You know, it's the little things that make the difference. And I, you know, I think, you know, that, that, that story was like, I would love to see the, the butterfly effect there oh, that, yeah. you know, just, just your actions, right. Coming to work today, it's Monday and you're, you're miserable, you're upset, whatever else, and you're going to impact pretty much your whole team. So I think it started with me with like owning your own, uh, being accountable for your actions and owning the, um, you know, the headset that you do impact. Um, everything that you do has impact with everybody. And, and I think like, um, for me, it, it really had to start there. And so I know that, that kind of doesn't really answer the introduction question as to who you are and, and you know, you're the CEO of, Romeo Energy. That could be the. That could be any title. You have just as much importance as the next as the next person. That's a great point. Is so the term the title positive energy. Is it obviously it's an energy company, but you're also deep into the people part of it too, right? Is is there like I know some companies have manifestos, and are you bringing or are you starting some type of um, parallel? 
positive energy in addition to the actual is it's an actual energy company yeah we you know it's funny when we were looking at you know we were going through the whole naming exercise and i you know i said to the team like guys we're probably gonna rename the company sometimes until here until we're blue in the face but um with with that said you could tell i'm home i got the dog in the background if you have one second here no problem we welcome dogs we had my dog and another dog on another podcast awesome i wish i could bring her on the, on the onto the podcast that'd be amazing but um <laughs> No, it's a funny. Yeah, she'd be a she'd be a she'd be a great addition to the podcast. You know, when we first um, started looking at the name and doing the naming exercise, we we're like, well, you know, we're gonna change the name five different times till here we're blue in the face. But like, what really is important to us? Like, what do we want to make sure we do in this company that we might not have done in our other companies? And that was to 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 be positive and to have you know not to get into the spiritual realm, but you know to believe in and you know believe it then see it, not see it then believe it. And for us, that was like the key. Everything that we did had to become positive to our customers. You know, we want to make a difference in the world. So we're, um, our, our whole company, our uh, mentality behind positive energy is, you know, not just to be positive and, and enroll the, the people around us, but we also look at our mission as it's something that we want to make a positive difference by supporting the transformation of energy systems to be more affordable, clean and resilient. We believe they, that impacts everyone. Um, believe it or not, today, about a billion and a half people go every day without clean energy. So you can think about no refrigeration, no clean water. Um, I mean, it just, you, you can't store insulin if you got it had diabetes and, you know, there's just a lot of problems that it creates. So we do think that, um, the energy tie, uh, does impact and make the world a better place. Um, but also, um, from a consciousness perspective, we really want to make it a, a place that we could, you know, plant a seed and watch it grow. And we, we think that, that that soil is where it needs to be positive, always positive. And, and again, we, we have a theory inside our company. We always say we either, we either win or we learn. We never lose. Right. It's great. You, you mentioned not to bring spirituality into it, but that's also completely welcome here because I, I know the people who watch this as a video see the Tibetan prayer flags up in the back of my head. So it's, it's part of my life and I don't mind having it um, right. You know, touch everything else. But you start, when did this start for you? Like what really good cultures have you been a part of in your career? I know, I, I know funny or die is kind of a legendary company. Yeah. I mean, I go, I go, I go back to, um, believe it or not, uh, my first boss who, who now works for me at Romeo at, at positive energy. I was going to say Romeo there. It's been, it's been such a short, uh, right. spinoff here. Uh, no, and, and I remember the day that he came to interview me for this job at a company called eTour.com that was founded by, um, I guess now the head of CBS Interactive. And when he came to interview me, they came down as a snowy day in Chicago, took the train down. I had no idea what the digital space was, no idea I wanted to get into it, but Newhouse grad. So the Newhouse school said, hey, you should, you should you know, go meet these guys. This internet thing might be big one day. So of course I did. And the first question, you know, they say, so tell us about yourself. And I tell them the best seller you've ever seen. I can sell anything, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, we don't care about that. Tell us about you as a person. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? Like, I was just like, I was almost in shock. And that, that, that told me right then and there that, that people were so much more important than anything else. And that, that opened. So, so I remember at E-Tour, it was like one big family. And, you know, we, even, even time when the transition happened, when E-Tour sold, uh, part of the company, I guess, that are part of the company to ask, and there weren't that were really that weren't the main employees that went over. Um, it was kind of like, did I, did I, um, 
you know, did I do a disservice to my family by, by making that move? We were so connected. You know, we cared about each other and all of our individual moves and, you know, even fighting over a split was not a problem back in the day. So I think it started back in those days. And then I um, was lucky enough to, to uh, be part of that acquisition and moved on to ask. And that's where uh, you and I crossed paths. And, you know, I, I felt like, I really feel like my career has been blessed because I've been, I've been put in, in place in front of so many incredible people. So at, at that point, um, from there, I went to Sportsline and was lucky enough to learn under Tom Ericks, who you know became one of the heads of sales at Facebook. And he built this incredible culture of same thing. Like to this day, we had we had a family member of ours from that uh, Sportsline team passed away suddenly maybe, uh, in March. And the, the outpouring that came the love that we felt, people that were reaching out to all of us, it's like I've never seen before. Right. So I, I feel like I've been lucky enough to, from, and then that led into funnier die, but um, all different cultures and lifestyles, but really what it stemmed from what I saw was great people really trying to do something and make a difference somewhere, whether it's in comedy at funnier die, whether it's in sports at CBS sports, whether it's with search with e-tour and ask, but I think understanding what is the, what's your purpose in life or trying to understand what's the purpose and how, like, and, and how do I, and if I don't know, how do I search for it? And, you know, because you know, I, I mentor a lot of students and I say all the time, like, look, the digital space is a great space to be in, but don't try to tell me that you're going to make a difference in the world, but by selling media, like you're, you're, you're probably kidding yourself. So as long as you're realistic with it's a good living, it allows me to volunteer my time on the weekends. It allows me to grow and, learn and all the, you know, all the other social skills that I need, then I think if you can, if you can combine the two, you have a winning recipe. So for me, I really do think it was just uh, being open-minded and being lucky along the way. Um, I then started studying, uh, started studying Kabbalah intensely from that point. Actually, during my Funny or Die realm, because of how I believe they were able to get this really open-minded creative space my mind kind of wanted to learn like what, what else is out there? I wanted to, I wanted to know more. And I started to, I started to study um, a lot of spiritual realms and Kabbalah being one of them. And it was really for me to see, take the blinders off, help me see what I can't see. Right. And I think that was, uh, that was a really big um, game changing part of my career that was able to allow me to do what I want to do, do what I want, um, do what I think I can make a purpose doing do what you know, I'm happy doing. It gets me to jump out of bed in the morning versus like, you know, want to hit the snooze button three more times. So I think all of those things kind of added up to uh, where we might stand today. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like, like spirituality and even esoteric practices, they, they're hidden. Like it, it's still not totally okay in all realms to, to put them right front and center on your LinkedIn, let's say. But when I look at, you know, Jerry Seinfeld and Jim Carrey and these you peek behind the curtain and Seinfeld's been doing transcendental meditation for, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 years. And it's like, wait, yeah. did that, did he, was he brilliant? And then he went into that or did that have something to do with, like you said, just expanding his whole world and then his, his gift that he does got that much richer. So I, I, yeah, I, I'm right with you. And, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know what comes first. Like you, when I met you, you were pretty young, but you had like a, a motor, like in sports, like a, yeah. you know, you can't teach how Dennis Rodman the or the guy, the guys with the real unstoppable energy 
you can't teach like that kind of motor. But if you have that, you probably achieve, and then all of a sudden you you have a little room to learn the other to to kind of learn other gears and stuff. It's also interesting. You went you're at CBS, which has a reputation as you know, but like buttoned up, like IBM or or something. And you transitioned to Funny or Die. How was that? Was that a little bit of a shock from although it was interactive, wasn't you know CBS TV? But yeah, it was it, it was. <laughs> It was, it was it was night and day from uh, you know corporate America to digital startup resources bandwidth personnel etc. I was telling my team yesterday that you know, I used to love when a planner would say to me, "Oh my God, I don't know how I can get through the day." And I used to say to him, "I used to do your job, the account manager job, the finance job, the HR job, the whoever's job it needed to take when we were funny or die." And you know, for me, it was really interesting because. You know, I look at those are a lot of things that I probably took for granted. And I think the appreciation becomes the key then. That, you know, what I was able to appreciate when I got the funny eye was all, everything that we had when we were at CBS. So they're completely night and day um, scenarios. I think the, um, you know, call funny eye like a ball of clay that you can sculpt wherever, whenever you want. There are times where I'd say, hey, I, I think I want to be in this video or can I help you with X, Y, and Z? And they're like, no, actually... I don't care you went to new house and you're really smart creatively, you're a sales guy sticking to your lane. But then they say, yeah, come to the shoot, you can help. And I think like the, the ability to, you know, let people wear multiple hats was what, what I think inspired me to say, I don't really care what I do. I, I literally said to someone said, I, I, you know, I probably bad for your podcast, but I remember cleaning the bathrooms. Right. Like we didn't, we, we didn't have, we couldn't afford the housekeeper from day one. And, they maybe came once or the, or the, or the cleaning facility came once a week. And you know what? Someone had to clean it, clean it. I wanted my team to be happy. So I did it. And I think like when you're willing to roll up those sleeves and do whatever it takes, um, especially when you come from, you know, that gr the great support that you had. And, I, and then, you know, funny enough, when Turner acquired part of Funny or Die, went right back to that corporate America that I was running from and back to having all these incredible resources at our fingertips. And once I got there, that's when I learned how to appreciate it. Right. And because of that appreciation, it was like, you know, it's like anything else, you know, if you don't earn it, you probably don't want it or you're not going to appreciate it as much. And I think like, so a lot of those things for me were the, 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 the difference in the cultures and, you know, it's always hard to pinpoint culture. I was, you know, I had a brief stop at Pinterest and they have their famous culture and, you know, there's a lot Mashable has their culture and like, and people always ask me like, what is the difference between, you know, the culture of uh, you know, CBS versus a uh, funnier die versus a Turner. And I, 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 I can be way off on this, but I believe it's the people that create the culture. Yeah. You know, I, I remember we tried to, we tried to take, we tried to say, we want to be like this culture. Yep. And then, you know, I'll leave the company name out of it. And we literally tried to force the culture onto the people. And it was a disaster. It was like, it worked, it worked to the exact opposite. Versus, you know, and, and that's why I, I really believe in if, if you hire the right people, right? Good to great, chapter one, page 13, put the right people on the right seats of the bus, and then figure out where you're going to drive, drive it, not the other way around. Yeah. And I think that's where you get stuck with culture. People want to figure out where to, where to drive the culture and then put the people in. And I think you kind of like square peg round hauling it when you go down that route. Right. The people are the culture. That's, yeah, like think of how, the, how ridiculous it is. Somebody who's interviewing asking, so what's the culture like? It's like, wait, you're going to bring it. You're, you're, exactly. Yeah. That's great. Well, and, you know, and, we, uh, and, and one of my last stops was part of, um, 
was on the executive leadership team and, and there was a culture club being formed, you know, and I, I literally said to the head of um, people, I said, I really want to be part of it. And they were like debating, well, you know, are you too high up? Will the people like open up to you because you're in the room? I'm like, even, even more important for me to be in the room. I wanted them, I wanted them to show, like, I want to show, I, I, I want to hear what's wrong with our culture. How do we fix it? Like, I think that's the other thing is in a, in, in culture, it's kind of like, you know, you want to think your baby is prettier than everyone else's yeah. versus what your baby actually looks like. And I think it's super important to constantly be getting that feedback loop on what's working and what's not from all different, you know, sections inside the organization. So um, that was because what I, what I, what, once they, once they entrusted in me, what I was able to hear was like game changing. It was completely opposite to everything that I thought um, was going on inside the organization. And then based on that feedback, you kind of know where you want to prioritize your potential transformation. Yep. Yep. For sure. So what other factors have you have? Well, actually, let me, I remember you talking about your father and you seem to have a lot of respect for him. What did he pass down to you that you arrived in your professional life with? He taught me so much. Um, retired judge, you know, he taught me, you know, be fair and impartial, you know, there's, you know, listen to both sides of the story. Right. But, you know, he, he taught me, I think something that I'll never, like never forget is that no one can tell you you can't do it. No one. Right. And I think that's what motivates me actually. When someone tells me I can't, right. Like who are you to tell me that? Yeah. Like I, I can't even tell it to myself. I think, I think, you know, the, the famous podcast from Goggins talked about like when you're at, when you're at your, your end of your wick, you still have 60% left to go and you have 60% more gas in the tank. And I think a lot of people are told early on in their life that they, they, they can do this, they can't do this. You should be a doctor, you shouldn't be a lawyer. You know, you should play this sport, not that. You should be good in this. And, and I think that's completely wrong. And, and I think what he showed me and taught me was anything's possible. And based, just based on his path and like what he overcame to get to where he, where he arrived. And then, you know, I think the second thing was it doesn't always have to be about, you know, X, Y, do what makes you happy. So for him, what made him happy was being a, you know, a, a someone to service the, the people being a, you know, a, a true, a true justice that, that you know, he took a, I'm sure it took a huge you know, financial challenge to, you know, go from where you were to do that, but it can't always be about the money. It has to be about other things. And I think that's when it comes down to what is the purpose of your life? You can try to figure that out. And I think a lot of people don't spend time trying to like, trying to like figure that out. Like I know for sure mine's not to be a big media guy or a big, you know, CEO of an energy company. That's, what I do for a living that allows me hopefully to make a difference in the world. Now in this energy business, it might be the purpose eventually if it helps. But, and I think a lot of people get kind of caught up and when they stop finally at the end of whatever it is, whether they finally come for air, they get fired, there's a life changing event, there's an illness, whatever it is at that point, then they're going to say, now what? And I think like we, I'd love to start figuring out. I think so my dad said, why wait to that point? Right. Like now, do it now. Like I remember trying to even get into new house school. I had no chance to get, I shouldn't have got in. I got in, you know? And like, I think every time that you work that much harder to overcome the adversity. Um, so I think that was like the, the key thing. And, and, you know, the, and the other thing is be fair and, you know, be, it, it's super important to be non-judgmental and really em, embrace people for, and see the good in everybody. Right. It doesn't mean that they didn't do something wrong, but you know, everyone, everyone should get another, a, a second opportunity to, to learn from their mistakes. And I think that was like, all those lessons taught me how to be as, as resilient as needed to, um, you know, overcome what needed to be overcome. Totally. Yeah, I've always seen that in you. The, when you, you moved to New York, 
And pretty quickly, there was an opening on the New York advertising, uh, you know, advisory board or whatever it was, 212. And it was like, well, you haven't even been in New York, but it's like, yeah, you're in, you're on it. And you were, you were right in the mix of it right away. And it was like, geez, this, you know, yeah, there's no obstacles that I can't tackle. Like I'll just, I'll just run head on into it. So it's pretty, I've always admired that trait. Thank you very much. Yeah. It was uh, still, still on the two on two board, if you can believe it uh, after all these years. And I think it's one of those things too, when you, when you commit and you see the, um, you see the progress that's been made, it's always one of those tough things to kind of, you know, when, when do you step aside and let, you know, let others take the baton up. But yeah, you know, I, 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 that's something that's near and dear to me is giving back and, you know, whether it's to students, to Newhouse School, 212, and I'm not even in the media business, but I'm still like literally contributing as much as I possibly can to that organization. I think that's where, you know, a lot of the additional, um, you know, call it like, you know, the, I, I don't even know what the right, right, right word would be, but, um, I think that's where a lot of the game is won on all those little things that make the big differences. Like, like people that don't give back that don't volunteer their time that don't help other people and everything else. And they, they might be worth a ton of money. They might be happy and everything. That's great. But that's not my philosophy. My philosophy is sharing first, always yep. share. Sharing is caring. You have to do that. And then everything else will fall into place. So I think that in the two on two example, I think possibly you even were sharing with me the opportunities to open, however it came about. And I'm just like, why not me? And there, and, and there we go. Well, that's a good, that brings up a good nuance is 212 and the Chicago, you know, the, the different boards where it brings people together who are outside of their company and they're, they're coming together basically as volunteers in a group to get things done. What do you, you've been a part of those for couple decades now what's the key to that culture like it you know you're not getting paid you're not even in the same yep. organization what what do you how do those groups stay vibrant you know it's, it's, it's so funny every year we go through this process of okay there's you know the re-election of the board these people are coming off these people are coming up and you, you start to panic about like well that person did all the heavy lifting like we can't lose that person what about this person and then we see you see the new board members come in, they get super aggressive from the start. They have all these ideas. They want to resurrect the wheel. They don't know anybody, any of the historicals. And it becomes this like crazy mess. And then, you know, you have to kind of shoot them down, but they're volunteers and it creates, it creates some bad, really bad energy and atmosphere. Yeah. So I think what the, the keys are always um, managing that expectation from day one, letting them, uh, you know, we, we were, I think we had our first board meeting uh, with, the, with the new members few weeks ago and i was like look they're going to be a sponge here i think it was important to set the set the ground rules from day one and let them digest and absorb so they understand and, and as long as we manage their expectations properly say hey look we're not expecting you to come in here and reinvent the world today we actually want you to understand and assimilate with the organization right start to break a little bit of bread together start to see who who's you know who's going to give them authentic who's going to sugarcoat a little bit who's going to actually, um, you know, do all the heavy lifting and whatnot. And I think, you know, cause a lot of times, especially on the two on two board, you have, sometimes these are also your customers, you know, at big ad agencies or big clients. And you don't want to be like, that's really a bad idea or that's not going to work. Here's why, or and we can't do that. Um, even though you're doing this for free and you know, you, you have a million other things to do. So I think it's just a, a more about, um, getting to a point of having mutual respect for one another 
with understanding like what you're trying to accomplish together. Like what, and, 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 and that's the real big key is like, what's the why? Why are like, what are we trying to do? Why are we here? And then why are you here? Why are you on this board? And once we could be like, uh, like, like just authentic about that, like, and I, I say almost every year, like, look, you might be on the board because you're looking to, you know, get a, a promotion inside your organization. It looks good for you. You might be on the board because you actually want to care and you give back. Make, well, it doesn't make a difference. But let's be honest about what those things are so we can actually then move forward. Like, I think, like, a lot of the times the challenges come in where you kind of want to – it's like an interview. You tell me what I want to hear versus, like, answering the question legitimately. Yeah. And once we go down that path, it's never a good interview. Right. So for me, it's just always about – you know, managing the uh, expectations and, and providing as much, you know, color as humanly possible. The challenge being on the executive team versus like the board for certain things that they can know and certain things that they shouldn't know. Um, so on and so forth. So you just got to be sensitive to the information. But I think the net net is you're right. Uh, outside of just companies, there's a lot of boards that I've been, that I interact with and it's, it's trying to understand the people and what their tendencies are. You know, this is going to sound crazy, but I'll throw it out here anyway. There was a time, uh, actually I started doing this when I was at Turner, where I wanted to know everyone's astrology signs. Right. And the reason why I wanted to know, I want to know how to talk to them. I'm, I'm a Leo. And I used to tell my team, a Leo, first thing you tell a Leo is, how, you know, tell them in the morning, oh, I love your shirt. Ah, oh, it's such a good color on you. Give yeah. them a compliment, then their guard, their guard comes down. Now they're actually paying attention to you, right? Totally. And I think once you understand, because if you can understand the, 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 you know, what makes people tick, now you've, you've solved a challenge. But I think like well, most of us, including myself, you know, majority of the time, aren't doing that homework ahead of time. Understand, because then you're, you might be talking to someone in a way that they, they can't even listen if they even tried. Yep. And I think that's where the, the rubber hits the road. So I'll, I'll try at least on these boards to do a little bit of additional homework on who the new board members are to make them feel comfortable um, from day one because it's going to take them a little bit of time to open up. And once we get to that point, um, and then also, you know, I'm a big believer in like the one-on-one personal touch. I'm picking up the phone and calling someone and, and, and whether, you know, they did a great job or they need improvement to provide feedback. And, you know, I've, I've done this recently with board members say, Hey, look, I just want to call and give you feedback from the meeting. I'm really glad you're on the team. Here's something I thought you did really well. Here's some things we need to work on. Um, I'd love you to give me some feedback. Like how does this need to look? How, how would this come better? Like, like how would this be received better from you? And I think like the more that we can do those, we actually started to do reviews with our board, believe it or not, about two years ago. Yeah. And we saw a huge increase in production just having, you know, peer reviews, which is like, wait, I'm a volunteer association. You're going to give me a review. Like here's my middle finger, but no, we are. And as long as we both can handle this from a, you know, an authentic perspective and it's a two way street, tell we could be better on the executive team. How can I be a better leader? What, what do you like? What don't you like? And I think all of those, you know, communication um, points will get you to a much better place. Totally. I think that's what I'm learning doing this podcast. And I already knew it instinctively and in all the things I'm plugged into, but all roads lead to connection and vulnerability and letting your guard down and getting to know someone better. Like I've had, guests uh, who are like nutritionists and that's about being present like if you've if you've had a good meal and a good sleep and you're hydrated you're actually there if you're not any of those things you're off somewhere and you can't connect and the last yep. guest i had was talked about um improv 
in business, like using improv and it, you, people become more real. Totally crucial. I, I think there's a circuit. It's so funny. I feel like think about like circuitry. I was in, um, I was in a meeting the other day and I was telling like the guys, like, I, I feel like if the energy is not flowing, like in a circuit, a lot of those reasons could be some of the things that you just mentioned. It could be a lack of authenticity. It, it, it could be anything. It could be the way you're speaking to the person, how you're articulating your tone, you're not showing your passion, whatever it may be. I, I feel like I've been lucky enough um, that when, when I speak, it comes across passionately. It's, it's, I hope it's, it's always authentic, come from my heart. And usually the other side can connect to that energy. They feel that the energy is real. It's pure. It can feel that circuitry. Um, we had a meeting the other day and we're like, it just, it just flowed. Why? And I think like what we, we try to get into the, the concepts behind it. You know, every morning I get up and I, I, I try to do this concept called, I guess it's called sawing. But basically if you could sharpen your blade in the morning to go cut down the redwood tree, would you do it? You take the 30 minutes to the hour for me, it's a couple hours to get into a really good mental game, you know, game frame yep. and then run. And I think like there's a lot of, so people are taking like the shortcuts. They want to go to the gym and get the six pack, but they only want to work out for 20 minutes. They don't want to diet. They don't want to rest. They don't want to stretch. I think it's a combination of when you, like for me, the culture is a, is a mirror question. If I work on myself, the culture will be impacted. Right. Like, the more that I continue to come in, I'm going to bring up, you know what? Uh, I heard a quote uh, the other day from someone I listen to every morning and he said something that was just genius. I know not, it's a, the ticket to victory is doing our best when we are feeling our worst. So like if I, if I had a bad morning, which a lot of us, you know, we do for whatever reason, it's like, have a bad hour. Don't have a bad day. Have right. a bad morning, not a bad day. And so don't bring it into the workplace. You know, we always say, keep the stuff, you know, keep it at home. And like, we joke about it, but um, it does have a major, major impact. So I think like the more that we control what's my role in the, in this picture, that's where it all stems from. And you know, I, I've been, you know, I, I feel blessed to been able to be able to work on myself every single day. And quite frankly, I made so many mistakes that I'm allowed to that, you know, it's like I, when an obstacle comes in, in, into my life, I look at it as kind of like a detour. It's all it is. Yeah. It's a good thing. And as long as you look at it from that perspective, you're going to win. You're going to, you're going to overcome something to, to, to make you move to a better place. And that's like, so it's like just keeping that into perspective. Totally. Perspective. The circuit is when the meeting's flowing, the circuit's a good circuit. When your morning stinks, that's a circuit too. And if you continue it, continue running that circuit into work, then you're toast if you can break it. So do you, do you mind sharing what your morning practice is? Yeah. I uh, get up uh, before the crack of dawn and um, I, I spend about a good hour in the morning doing um, some gratitude. Uh, I try to reflect. The first thing I, I try to reflect on is what I'm what I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. The next thing I try to reflect on is what could I have improved upon the day before. And man, that list is long. It could be you know anything from ego to pride, anger to evil. You know, uh, speaking negatively about somebody. Any anything that you try to try to play back your day before, so make that same mistake again the next day. Yep. And the last thing is like, where do, where do you, where do you think you really need help? Like focus on where you, like, where could you use assistance today? So I'll start with that. Call that like 30, 45 minutes. I'll get into my, um, Kabbalistic studies. I'll read some, uh, some pretty deep readings, but it really, for me, it's just to get the blood flowing. Sure. I'll then head, I'll head into a hour and a half plus workout, an hour, uh, running. So 60 minutes on the treadmill, 
listening to just lectures. Like I'm not a, you know, the music's a little tricky for people. The music has aura and it, it, it will affect food subconsciously for you or consciously, depending on what you listen to. Yeah. Listen to the right music, you'll be in a great mood. Listen to someone talking about how he got divorced, his father passed away, he's got this disease. I mean, it's going to yeah. trickle inside, inside your brain all day long. So be careful what you listen to in the morning. Political talk radio. Yeah. Oh, man. I was just listening to a lecture where they, they said the, in the boss, during the Boston Marathon, those people at the marathon – and those people that watch it, who had, who had, who had larger post-traumatic stress, people that watch it on CNN and people that were actually there. Yes. yes. It's crazy. Yep. So, yeah. So that, and then after the run, I feel like I'm, you know, I hit that 30 minute mark where the, the natural uh, drugs kick in. So now I'm like, wow, I'm in like a zone. Um, I'll come back to my, you know, and, and then I'll start digging into the email and, you know, we're still early in the morning at this point. You're still, you know, way before nine. But now when I get into that inbox, if someone wrote me a nasty email from the night before, it's not going to really bother me. I'm going to, I'm going to look at it completely different than how I would have had I gotten into that inbox first thing in the morning. If I would have wrote a reactive email and that problem would have existed now for another week or two versus didn't react, get into the zone, get proactive, write a smart response, if any at all. And now look what happened with the problem. So that, that's usually my morning ritual. I feel like by the time I get to work, there's nothing like, and look, a lot of the problems will come, but there's, there's nothing that I probably couldn't um, handle. Right. And I believe that. I believe that everything, you, you know, you're given everything you can, there's a reason why it's in your life. You could probably overcome it. And therefore, you know, by, by 12, one o'clock, my day is pretty much almost done. I've, I've, I've tackled so many of my, like my hardest meetings I try to set for like literally the beginning of the day. Like it's, it's really important for me to get them out of the way. And then the rest of the day is like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But I got my, and, and I feel super productive at the end of the day. I, I used to score, you know, I used to have the team score themselves, score me or whoever else uh, on like your productivity per day. Right. You know, and I, I used to love the self-scoring because like, you know, are you a one or a 10? And you know, people put down like a seven, eight, nine or a 10. I'm like, wow, a 10. It's like, how was the meeting? The meeting was great. Well, great meeting is like, you got the, you got the contract, you walked out with it, right? Right. So it couldn't have been a great meeting. Was it a good meeting? And I think like all of those things come into the um, how we how we try to frame into being grounded in reality versus like you know trying to think you're somewhere where you're actually not. And I think the more that you can be um, cognizant of how much work you need to do, how far away you are from your goals, what needs to, and, and not in a negative way, to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but but understand you're still far from that light. And the question you should be asking yourself is, what's my desired result and how do I get there? And, you know, hopefully you do it in a way that enrolls everyone else along the way because, you know, without enrolling the rest of the team, it's a, it's a pretty lonely life to do it yourself. So, yeah, just the mental picture of when you arrive at work, all that's gone before that, and then these, these, the, the, the people on your team are getting the benefit of everything you just did. It's a pretty powerful image. When it, when it, when it works out to the way that it's, it's supposed to, you can, you can see the difference. Yeah. You can see, and, and almost to the point where now where I feel like I'm not at that, whatever that number is, um, I almost don't even want to go in and see the team because like there's, you know, the bar has been raised. And, and, and that's the other thing. I think like, you know, one of my biggest, I always ask, what's the biggest mistake you made in your career and what did you learn from it? It's like your first interview question. And I always say like, wow, it's probably too complacent. At CBS, actually, I was probably there a year or two too long. It was just comfortable for me. And then once you start feeling you're, you're comfortable, 
there's a saying like whatever you're casual casual with, you'll be a casualty to. Right. So it could be work, could be food, could be anything. You get too comfortable, you get too get too casual, you're gonna get a smack on the head. So I try not to. I'm I'm trying to constantly stretch and grow and um you know, because quite quite frankly, if, if you're not, then you know, I don't know what the purpose of life is. Like I, I don't wanna go I don't I don't wanna be stuck where I am. I don't wanna be going backwards. I wanna I wanna keep improving on everything that I do and um, I feel like if you come, if you show up to work with the right consciousness, you've now created that environment for not just you, but for everyone else as well. Right. Yeah. And that's what they, a lot of the studies say when you talk to people on their deathbed, they, their regret is I, I, I was complacent thinking I had more time or thinking I, you know, there was plenty of time. It's like there was, there's not plenty. Yeah. Of time. There's not plenty of time. There's, you know, it's like, unless you have a crystal ball and you can, you know, it's like, now what are you waiting for? Right. Right. What are you waiting for? Go make it happen. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm i motivated right now. I, I, I only wish that it was 7 a.m. so I could start this day over. I know. I could do it. 7 a.m. <laughs> right. I'm always motivated talking to you. I got I to gotta be honest with you. Over the course of my career, I meet a lot of good people. You've always been, like, one of my favorites. You're such a great person. You know, like, I, I, this isn't like a – I'm just completely transparent. Like, the energy, everything about you, even, like – the the challenge the challenge that you've overcome and what you've done and where you are now it's like wow talk about inspiring super inspiring and you know like I remember even when we first came in we probably fought over like who's getting Mike Mark like Hodel getting this account or Ed getting this account like you had a t- you had a tough it was tough it was like you had two you had two like hotshot sellers that you had to manage and like but you did it and I gotta tell you. From that, like, from that time till now, I've always had like the highest respect for you. And when you reach out to, hey, you want to do a podcast? I was like, are you kidding? The, like, the ultimate honor and merit for me to be able to do this with you. Oh man, that's really that's that that hits. So thank you. And I and I that's the truth. And it's funny. I I it's it's hard to know where you are in in a business career or any any career like to really know the reality when it's actually happening so yeah you mentioned the that mark podell is another guy we worked with and you got you two were like it was like who's going to start at running back the in it i didn't realize that i had two complete thoroughbreds like to 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 you know I didn't realize the caliber of what i was working with at that particular time until i saw you both go on to great things so yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, thank you. I think we're we're about at time. Um, it's been great. Always great. Yeah, that's. I, I I knew when I reached out that the that the so much of chemistry and team chemistry is like individuals bringing their own energy and plugging in. Yeah, we demonstrated that. You demonstrated that here. So thank you. Thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate it. I look forward to hopefully seeing you soon. Now, where can people get uh, information on on the the new company? Uh, we are going to be launching a positive energy.us, um, soon. Um, and in the meantime, you can feel free to email me at ed at positive energy. It's only one E P O S I T E. Sorry. P O S I T I V E N E R G Y dot us. But we say it's positive energy.us. Everything we do, we do it together. Beautiful. Good way to end. Have a great day. Thank you, Tom. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Key to Culture podcast, sponsored by Quantius, the premier marketing agency for emerging technology. Quantius. Smart. 
fast, curious.